BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today on the show, we're going to take a look at the recent Oscar nominations for Best Documentary. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. As Gary said, we do watch a lot of docs, <laughs> and we love them. And, and this year's nominations include an impressive list, but some difficult f- films, including a look at the current prison system and a film called 13th. An incredibly impressive film based on writer James Baldwin, as well as an everyday look at the international refugee crisis in a film called Fire at Sea. Yeah, and you know, the awards take place Sunday night, February 26th. But let's start with this OJ documentary. Because mm-hmm. I, I think... We, How many films are nominated for Best Doc this year? Five. Okay. Yeah, and, and man, there's a lot of films left out. We'll get to some of those yeah. later. But yeah. I, I think this is the oddest combination of films I've seen in a while <laughs> yeah. because there's so many good docs that could have been in here. Right. And so I'm not going to dispute that because I think they're all really, really good. I would see every one of these films. I'd see it in a theater. Now they're all online so you can watch them. Right. But we watched this on television. So I have a, I have an, I have a kind of an issue with, cause I think OJ made, made in America. Made for TV film. It, it was an ESPN getting, made right. for TV 30 for 30. It was five and a half hours long. Watched, I think it was oh, over several nights. Over several nights, and I've always just kind of felt it fit in the. It, it was a. It should be up for An Emmys Emmy. mm-hmm. and those kind of things. And and to put it, but they released it in a handful of theaters around the country in time for the Academy Award. So you had to sit through the thing straight through for five and a half hours. And it, <laughs> that's a lot of popcorn. That's a lot of popcorn. I hope you didn't drink your wine wallet. <laughs> you might have fallen asleep. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know what, I don't want to sound weird, but I don't know what you pair with an O.J. Simpson <laughs> documentary. But it's also a, a big, so, and it did very well. And you know, people, I, I've a seen some really long films, yes. but five and a half hours is really That's long. Very long. But a lot of people really do love well, this film. I think I and once you again, love this film. it's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna it's a series to me, mm-hmm. and with commercial breaks. So, mm-hmm. but I have to get over myself because it was nominated. It's going to open a can of worms though if it wins, and I think it actually probably no? will win. Really, because it's that good, and I, I it's won every award leading up to now, but. It's really one of these comments on racism in America, and it really goes back through why we all fell in love with O.J. and how O.J. was such a darling of the white community. Right, and he kind of wanted to be. That he, yeah. he did that. Oh, and he played that a lot. Now, listen, this yeah. guy was one of the greatest running backs I've ever seen in my life. I was a huge fan. I interviewed him for for those comedy movies he made. Right, and I just. 
it was weird interviewing him, mm-hmm. and I, I never asked for an autograph. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. And then it became such an off-putting thing when the whole murder happened, and the double murder, and then the trial, and then the acquittal. And it became a, a major statement in America, because remember when that happened, uh, I was working in a newsroom in Seattle, and the entire line in the newsroom of African-American employees and white employees was drawn right down the line. They, they were the African American employees where I worked, which were all just like so excited when he got off of that, mm-hmm. and and everybody else was like, oh, "Are you kidding? How did he get acquitted? How did this of happen? That? How did this happen? Right. That glove, that whole glove thing was yeah. weird." Yeah. And the television series that we love, not this one, but the live action television series, right. was I think one of the best things I've seen, and did win until, several and, Emmys, and did win several Emmys. So I feel like we've been inundated with a lot of OJ. There's a lot of OJ. But this, this documentary goes places that the TV series can't with, with actual photographs and actual live footage and, and a lot, you know, he was, he was out there a lot and photographed and, and on TV shows a lot. And there's a lot of documentation on that man's life, but it's a real statement of a racially drawn America at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think still today. <laughs> well, 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 we have a lot of issues to fight today. Mm-hmm. As a, as a documentary, I think it's kind of extraordinary, actually. I couldn't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. I would have actually liked to have seen it in a the theater for five and a half hours with, you know, a bathroom break mm-hmm. or an intermission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I think this is kind of extraordinary stuff. And I'm, 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 I'm just surprised that it's nominated for an Oscar because I, I, I didn't know it would even qualify and right. then it did. So, you know, here we are. Right. We get a lot of films we're going to talk about today that have to do with African American, the black mm-hmm. experience in America. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm just going to make a statement as, as a, as a white person in America, I, I think what I say probably doesn't hold nearly as much weight. Mm-hmm. Now I have an opinion on some things, but I, I'm not the expert here. Right. I didn't live that experience. I've observed it a lot and it troubles me a lot. And you lot. lived through some of it. I mean, obviously you were, you I lived were through some of that in the sixties during the civil rights movement. And, I was. And I was. And I, re- I remember a lot of that. I went to a racially mixed high school. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we all played sports together and never thought of it true. But while we were going through sports together, there were race riots in center hall of my high school. Hmm. And there were race riots going on in the city where I lived. Mm-hmm. And, and they were going on all around America. And there was all kinds of tension that we didn't feel because we were just in school. Yeah. And we were just we playing were all, baseball. And we were all buddies, yeah. man. I, I admired every, we never thought of color. Mm-hmm. But, at, you know, the, the, this film, I think, brings out a lot of that, and then, and then that whole issue of family, and and what you what do you do if your sports icon disappoints you, and 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 in a culture, I mean, when Muhammad Ali was Muhammad Ali, going all the way back to Jack Johnson, if you're an African American man in America and watching these guys rise to the American dream in their fields, mm-hmm. they were so celebrated in their mm-hmm. community, and and it's different on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm Muhammad Ali fanatic, but I'm not an OJ fanatic. Right. And it, it's one of the most disappointing things in my life to see an athlete become what, what happened there. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I kind of take myself out of having the biggest opinion here. I think as a piece of filmmaking, it's great. Mm-hmm. As, as a series, it's great. Um, we watched one called 13th. I, I'm so glad this film is nominated. I I think that this I can't is, stop thinking about this, this. is one of the most well done documentaries that I have seen in a very long time. I think this and I am not your Negro are both incredible 
tell a story incredibly well. And I am so glad this film was made. I, I yeah, I, I, I love this film. You know, and it, and it's tough stuff when you're it's, watching this. It's, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. But it's based on the 13th, meaning the 13th Amendment that abolished slavery, supposedly, in 1865. Uh, it's directed by uh, Ava uh, DuVernay, who did Selma with David Oyelowo, who is really overlooked in that film. Um, and I think she's a really good filmmaker. But her, this is her... His, this is her case to say that the current prison system in America is another form of slavery and that we've been overlooking this. And we have to look inside the prison system and be honest about it and say, look, why are we incarcerating so many African-American men? And what, what are the reasons that they're in prison? And what are we doing? What are we, how are we doing this? And what does it look like and smell like and breathe like? And it smells and breathes like slavery. In many, and she makes a case that's fascinating. Yes. And I, I think makes a, a really good case. And, and she calls it a modern day form of slavery. And there's been a big push, uh, lately to let out a lot of people from prison, especially mm-hmm. for these, a lot of them petty drug charges. Right. Because the, the social norm, social norms in our country are changing. Right. I'm not opposed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I never want any, I, don't I never want to let a bad guy out. Right. I think Obama did a lot trying to, to take that forward. I think yeah. that now that's the, the question of where will our, our world lead now. But, yeah, but it is it? true. I mean, you know, states that, that now have, have it legal to, to, to have marijuana, have, have people in jail for selling marijuana. Right. So it's, you know, you kind of have to look at, at, at how, how the laws have changed, how time has changed. And, and yes, is it really necessary to have some of these, some of these criminals, quote unquote criminals in, in jail, packed in you know once one, uh, the tv series what was it called the night of that yeah, the was on of. um i think it was on hbo this past year that didn't you think about that a lot, a while lot you're yes, yes because it's you know you 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 pick up a you you pick up a person off the street that that you then accuse of a of a crime and are they are, are did they actually commit that crime but by the time that maybe they get out of jail because they couldn't post bail and so they've been held in a jail cell for a week that you know or or a month or however or long yeah, or they're poor and they just can't do anything they can't do anything and they they can't afford a lawyer and so they have to rely on on a public you know public uh, public legal system yeah. that that with a lawyer that really isn't there to it it just you see a lot of people that slip through the cracks and There's a lot and the second that happens, their lives have changed forever because they can be sucked into a, a system that. You know, I'm a, I'm a little intimidated by the subject because because it's not my experience. Mm-hmm. But we're observing this, mm-hmm. so if it's not your experience and you're observing it, what do you do about it, and mm-hmm. how do you handle it? And and it, you know, it's been on our minds a lot watching this film. Not not that every time I see a film, I believe everything that's in the film, but. It's so compelling. This, I think it's this, so These well statistics 
are so compelling and so well done. I, I, I think if this snuck in and won the Oscar for best documentary, it would, it, it would kind of make me happy. You know, it's interesting because I think that this year we are seeing more kind of racial docs. Um, we are. Well, in the nominated category that, that we are. Came out, yes. Whereas a couple of years ago, because I, I felt kind of the same way about this and, and anger and frustration and, 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 you know, how, what can be done and, and how can this be changed as we did a few years ago with films like Food Inc. And mm-hmm. I mean, it completely obviously different different um, genre and format and and focus but it's kind of the same thing where we're some you know the the death of the American farm and and we're not growing fresh vegetables so we can grow or we're growing vegetables they're just corn and 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 potatoes that that basically the big guy has put the little guy out of out of yeah. business, and and we live in fast food nation, and so it's it's interesting to see the stories that are t- told through some of these docs because they are all I think that they're all so important and so relevant. They are important and relevant, and you don't have to agree with everything mm-hmm. you see, but boy, you need this information is really important and really good. I also I'm a, I'm of the belief that if I, I like watching things that are different than my own view. I have my own views, and but I'm never opposed to. Hey, you go make a good film, and if it's good, has a different viewpoint. I want to watch it. I, I happen to agree with this view, but I, I I think people are so threatened out there. Absolutely, they're so threatened by their own little isolation. Well, I think it brings up our discussion we had a couple of weeks ago um, when you when we were talking about silence and and how you said that people were protesting Scorsese's Last Temptation of Christ they, without ever even seeing it. Without ever even seeing it. Like like don't Yeah. Don't don't turn your back on something that you don't know you don't actually take the time to Well, if you're going to protest uh, take the time to see it to and then you it. earn the right to have that voice. And then it, and then if you're going to go out and you're going to make a documentary, make it the best that it can be. You know, tell your story well, and I think that that's something that 13th really does. It so tells the story very well. We have five documentaries. We're going to get to the other three here in a second. But four of the five are uh, directed by African-American filmmakers. Hmm. That's never happened before for uh, in, in a category. And also, you know, this big Oscar so white thing a year ago, uh, documentaries can be made faster and a little bit quicker than feature films. And we're seeing, I mean, the diversity in feature films this year is unparalleled and they earned the right because these are good films. Right. They didn't earn the right because of the, because said. of the color. Mm-hmm. They earned the right because these films are really good and these documentaries are really good. And I, I think the call to diversity happened quicker in the documentary category because mm-hmm. we've just seen a lot of stuff and boy, this is on a high level, super high level. So let's move on. Uh, when we come back on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, Haley and I will take a close look at the other nominees for Best Doc, and that includes a film about an unfinished novel by one of my favorites. It's a legendary author, James Baldwin, and we'll be back. Welcome back to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. This year's list of nominees for Best Documentary puts some of the most difficult stories of today's world on screen and includes our next film, which is about race in America. It's called I Am Not Your Negro. Gary, let's talk about this film. We just watched it the other night, and I was blown away. Well, I'm blown away by it. I, uh, 
As much as anything I've seen all year, and it's pretty fresh in our minds, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this again by saying I'm a white guy talking right. about a film a, called I Am, I am Not Your girl. Negro. Exactly. And, and uh, I've never earned the right. I've, I, I don't feel like I've honorably earned the right, but I do have an opinion, and, and, and so we'll, we'll play around with those things. James Baldwin was one of my favorite writers, and, and I think he died in 1987. He died in France. Uh, he was born in Harlem in the 20s. And he became, one, at one point, you can make a case that James Baldwin was the great American poet at the mm-hmm. time. And outspoken on TV, he was an essayist. He, he used to he used to go on the Dick Cavett show and all these TV shows. He did lectures at Harvard. He did lectures on stage with other people that people would come and watch him. He was friends with Martin Luther King. He was friends with, um, 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 who am I talking about? He's, uh, Medgar Evers. He was, and, and the great Malcolm X, and all three were murdered in a very short span of time. And he wrote about the black experience a lot. One of his great books is called Go Tell It on the Mountain. He wrote a short story that I've always loved called Going to Meet the Man. Uh, his book, Notes of a Native Son, but, he started a novel before he died and never finished it. And the, the novel was called Remember This House. And so this filmmaker uh, picked it back up, Raul Peck, and he, he picked the unfinished novel up and had Samuel L. Jackson narrate the 26 or 35 pages or so that he started on this book and started going back and layering in his relationship with Martin Luther King, Medgar Evers, Malcolm X, and trying to make Their a families. statement about racism mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. And it... It is as good as movies get because number one, Baldwin was a poet. And number two, if you just words listen to his words, there's a lot of footage of him on old black and white TV talk shows. Mm-hmm. And boy, was he profound and confrontational and interesting. And I thought spoke the truth constantly about his own life. And at one point it got so hard for him as a novelist and a writer in New York City that he moved to, to France because he was worried and being threatened for his life all the time. And that was his experience, as he says, as a black man growing up in America. It's so frightening, I have to leave. Mm-hmm. And then and then wrote about it, and then came back because he felt compelled to come back to, to come America. Back be a part, yes. What jumped out about this film? I found this, I found it to be so respectful. I found it to be so, so important and so moving. I found his story to be... I was so fascinated by his story because he talks about these three men in particular and his deep love and friendship and appreciation for what they were doing and how he was a part of it without he he was an active observer and and I felt for him in that because he he was there to document and not necessarily to to be in you know be in the trenches he wasn't trying to start fights he well but but it's and i think that he he that gave him that that was difficult for him because he obviously believed so so much in all of the work that was being done and how how these three very very different men went about that work and then how their lives were were cut short Mm-hmm. Entirely to, I think all three of them Died. were killed before they were forty. Yes, each with with families and and children and and how he was kind of tasked with the 
with the honor and the burden to to make sure that their to- story was told accurately. And I really appreciated how how within these words there was a lot of footage from him and from from the 60s and and watching um kind of the struggle that that the civil rights movement went through but also layering in a lot of what we've seen in the past few years yeah. and and how it's still so relevant it is so relevant i mean we see a lot of anger being poured out in pockets now and it's really really troubling mm-hmm. and uh you have to go back and look at the past and where you've been to realize that we've come a long way but wow it's kind of ugly in a lot of places right now and i i i find this film i mean he 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 was so fascinating to me i am an american he would say but i'm not treated like an american a lot of people are treated like americans the rest of us if we're black are not mm-hmm. and he and and there's so much to document that mm-hmm. That it's it's mind it's mind boggling. I think this. We've said this earlier in the show that in my own lifetime, even as a kid, as I was growing up, I was oblivious to some of it, but aware of some of right. it too. Right. But I'm more of aware of it now well, as an adult so than I was then. This is a question because I think that there there have been questions like um, is our race relations better or worse, and I I do hope that they are better. I just think that now everything is is able to be seen. Everybody has a everybody has the ability to to take a video in the palm of their hand. Right. You know, every every incident can be captured. You look at some of 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 that footage of the 60s and you look at how some of these white cops treated African Americans that were just standing in line to go and vote and and then the whole segregation thing and the whole school segregation and oh my how how these strong restaurants and schools yes, and buses how and and these these strong African American leaders that that went in there and didn't fight and and they were going to sit at that counter. Or they were going to mm-hmm. sit on that bus, or they were going to go to school. And they, I, I am, you know, I am so impressed with 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 the African Americans in this country for 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 being that brave to take right. a stand and right. to change things. And you're looking at the video in this movie. Once again, it's called "I Am Not Your Negro," directed by Raul Peck. And they are just there's a thousand people within the frame screaming at him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And man, the the bra- and he talks about the bravery. He's writing about it while he's in Paris. I feel bad that I'm not there, mm-hmm. but I am so inspired by your bravery. And it's really, I think Samuel L. Jackson is, you know, uh, Royale with cheese. Like I want, <laughs> like I, I, he is more than that. Yeah. Oh, I know, but I, I know. but his voice to me is so distinct, and I almost didn't recognize him because, because he underplays everything. Absolutely, because I think that that's what that's the, yeah. from listening to James Baldwin talk. He had a very very focused message told in a very poetic way. Right. And I think Samuel Jackson narrates his film as poetry. Really beautifully. He's not trying to impersonate exactly. Baldwin. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's a poet and he knows it. And just really beautifully yeah. done. Please see this documentary. Uh, yeah, I am not your negro. Wow. Uh, it's just it's tough stuff and great stuff. There's a film called Fire at Sea. I know you struggle with it and I struggle with it um until the very end. Um this, this is a, I think this snuck in 
this film snuck in. It's beautifully made. It's almost shot like a very slow, slow feature film. But it's, it's about, uh, a, an island situated about 150 miles south of Sicily, uh, in Italy, uh, called Lampedusa. And it's closer, I think, to actually to Libya and the North African coast. And all of the, there's so many, uh, African immigrants and so many uh, immigrants coming through there just trying to get out from, uh, from their horrible lives that they end up on boats and they end up capsizing there. And this little island has become almost a port for them. But it's interesting because you're watching a little 12 year old boy grow up on the island with his buddy and they're just making slingshots and shooting down cactus and going swimming and, you know, looking for birds and trees. And kind of unaware that around them is this huge, 400,000 people have come through that island. 400,000 and, and, and thousands of them, over 10,000 have died. And, and they're just so poor and they're so desperate to get off. And a lot of them on the boats are dead. And slowly as this film just kind of looks at a little, you know, a mother cooking dinner and the kid goes out and plays. Then they introduce the local doctor in the community who's doing a sonogram. And then he's, looking at dead bodies because he believes as the doctor in this little small town that he, that everybody deserves dignity. And it becomes this kind of movie that's very hard to watch on mm-hmm. just human loss mm-hmm. uh, that, that nobody's responsible for. But for some reason, the people in this little village, including the mayor, says we need to do whatever we can. It's it's really thoughtful and very difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a stunning little film and it takes a lot of work. Uh, it takes a lot of work and it's probably around 2 hours long and and at some point you think, wow, when are they going to get off the little boy in the slingshot? When are they going <laughs> to It's a little slow. It's, a, it's very very slow, but so but important. I agree. It, it is. Well, it and is then important. It, I didn't it, know anything about this this south of Sicily and this little right. island. Well, and it brought chain up of violence. It, because we also one of the best shorts. That's one of the best documentary shorts that's nominated. Also, kind of talks about the refugee crisis. Mm-hmm. What was it? Four four point something yeah. like four point yeah some one four point one. I think. Um, Four point one miles. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and you know, uh, on more of a shorts category, so maybe I yeah. could get through that. But again, talking about the refugee crisis, so I appreciate that these that the story is being told because I think a lot of people still are very unaware, and they think that that it's not their problem, especially in America, because because we aren't inundated well, with. And it every I day. do it. I mean, I I'm, I channel flick. And all of a sudden, you know, there's hungry children in Ethiopia with flies on them, and I turn the channel off. And it's it it doesn't mean I'm it I, I care more if I sit and watch it every time, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm I'm one of those people. I'll tune it out, and I don't want to know about this. But I'll watch an Oscar-nominated documentary. Mm-hmm. But we have to know about it because that's the world. We but live we have in, to know. And we about can't. It. You're we absolutely can't put right. Your head in the sand, and, and it's a hu- it's huge. It's just it's huge. A huge and, problem. You know, a lot of these communities they don't ask for it. They just happen to be geographically right in the line of fire, and it's and, and it happens. Well, and there was one of the most when I was I, I was on a wine trip in Spain earlier this year or last year, and and in Madrid there's a very very big sign on their city hall that says "Refugees Welcome," and I was so proud to see that. I was mm-hmm. so proud to see that as as we question who can who who yeah. America will let in, and I agree that they should be vetted, and I agree, but we can't we can't turn our 
facts. Ooh, I've got lots of opinions you do. today. Well, no, I <laughs> Sorry. Appreciate Let's talk. No, I appreciate Let's talk it. Life Animated. So this is a film called Life Animated, <laughs> and it's directed by Roger Ross Williams. By the way, the director of uh, Fire at Sea is an Italian guy. I can't pronounce his name. And it's in, a, and it's in Italian <laughs> it's with Italian. subtitles, mm-hmm. which makes it a little slower. Uh, Life Animated um, is that true story documentary of a kid with autism, his parents, the parents, the father's a famous writer. They live on the East Coast, and about the age of three, the kid just completely shuts down. And they figure out over a period of years as he's growing up, and they're distraught and they don't know what to do, that the kid's addicted to and watches constantly Disney animated films. And it kind of, he almost, he literally memorizes all the dialogue from all these films and at some point, that's the breakthrough with the parents to have a conversation with a kid who hasn't spoken for a long time, is they speak to him in Disney characters, and he starts to come out of his shell. Right. And it's it's the value of art in one's life, and the value of art in on an autistic child's life in order to speak to him. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I'd never heard this story until we started seeing this mm-hmm. doc come out a while ago, mm-hmm. and I, I find it kind of profound and encouraging. Mm-hmm. And then you see him growing up as an adult, and he he even goes to France, into Paris, and lectures mm-hmm. one day about his experience in autism, uh, about his own experience, and and gets a standing ovation. But the Disney collection uh, connection to him with animated films is is a is a kind of a stretch for me, but not but at the same time it works for him. So I I, I loved it. I think it's a really great film. I think there are other films. Just as good, but I think it's I think it's a life animated is a powerful film. We I agree. I think that it was it was very well done, and and he certainly has a a, a, a charming story. And you really you feel for these parents. You feel for you feel for parents of any autistic child, and so the the joy to finally find a way to communicate with your child and it, it you know because we we've talked about some of the other films that that weren't nominated on some shows before one I, I think we talked about a while ago was called Gleason and I yes. I kind of thought about both of these two films um, in similar ways and that here's a child that that uh, this film is about someone who who has who never knows what their potential could be. He's a child that that basically his life was was pretty much taken at the age of three, and then you take something like Leeson that did um, reach his potential. You knew the person he was going to be, and then had his life taken away right. because of of MS. And uh, so, how do you that? It, Great films told through through. Yeah, um, Gleason really could have been Gleason really could have been nominated mm-hmm. in here. I, I would probably put Gleason in there over, maybe over um, Fire, Fire at, at Sea. sea. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Tower was not nominated, mm-hmm. and Tower is that uh, UT Austin, uh, the shootings back in the day, and that was actually the first mass shooting I think in America mm-hmm. from the from the Tower at UT Austin, and it's animated. And I think it's freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. And what they did is, um, Linklater did this in one of his animated films where they took actors out and videotaped them and then animate over them. So they are animated, but they, they look a little bit different, but they relive just the horror of what that was to, because that went on for a long, long, mm-hmm. long, long time trying to rescue them. 
mm-hmm. you know, out of uh, from beneath that tower. I, I think tower, I, I would put tower in the top five for me. And then we're kind of surprised that Wiener was not nominated. Mm-hmm. Can we say the word Wiener? <laughs> we we can. Because <laughs> Andrew Wiener, I think, became a very important part of, of the last election. Of this last election and in history. Mm-hmm. And what a train wreck. And the, the movie really just, just kind of follows himself. his own narcissism God. and his own train wreck of being addicted to, you know, tweeting his private parts and sexting and those kinds of things in the middle of his. Marriage to Huma, and, and boy, is she a saint in this. Yeah. I think she's a saint in this movie. She dealt with a lot in so, dealing with that. <laughs> she dealt, she well, dealt with a lot of wiener. Yeah, she did. Um, but but it's, I, I, love, I love that smart documentaries are, are made, and that and hopefully people will, you know, if, if any of these films have, been, have, have, have piqued your interest, please, yeah. please watch these. They're all available on demand. Um, or just find another doc. Get into, we, you know, when we, Gary and I first got together many years ago, we started watch. I started watching documentaries really for the first time when we got together because it just hadn't really been something that that I had watched before. And and now I'm so interested in them, especially because they are such smart storytelling. Did I help in your life? Yes, my love. Yeah. Always, always. <laughs> so nice to hear. Next week on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, we're going to be back with uh, some more new films. And remember, from now on, movies and theaters, just a warning, <laughs> are going to get worse and worse, not better. So we can only hope and kind of do our best to maneuver around all the horror <laughs> films that are coming our way. And Haley will have just returned from a wine country adventure in Napa. So I know she'll have a lot to share on that. Yeah, we'll have more wine talk uh, next week. But um, we are also just a few days from right now away from our next uh, Oscar event. We've got a big Oscar preview event, February 22nd, with Studio Movie Grill. Proceeds from the night are going to go to the Dallas Film Society, which we're thrilled to to be able to help them out there. Um, So we'll have their, their details for the event on our website and on Facebook, as well as um, through Studio Movie Grill. And we hope you'll join us. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Pair and wine with with some of the key categories. What we love to do. It's kind of what we do. In front of everybody. <laughs> it's what we do. But for now, be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on... Wine and film, a perfect pairing. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.